0: On this episode of Mixin' Some Magic, it's time for Once Upon a Time Indiana Jones Adventure Part 2. This is going to be an exciting episode. Hi! Hello! Welcome! Thank you for being here. I am so excited for our episode this week. I needed a distraction, and this was the perfect distraction finishing up this podcast episode. I'm sorry, it's a little late. It's late because my family and I were in a bad car accident on the highway over the weekend. And luckily, we're all okay, but it was really, really scary. I've had so many people send messages and reach out to us to make sure we're okay, and that was super thoughtful. I appreciate it so much. So I've kind of like debated and gone back and forth trying to decide how much I want to share about the accident here on the podcast because this isn't a podcast about my personal life. I know you're not here for that. You're here for Disney things. And so I've kind of gone back and forth how much of the story I wanted to tell and to tell you the whole truth, I'm still not really sure even as I'm saying these words, but I did want to talk about it a little bit. Um we were driving on the freeway. A car, not a car, it was a truck pulling a trailer didn't look and just Changed lanes and pulled right over into our vehicle. My husband was driving. I was sitting in the passenger seat. We had our two girls in the back, and he just slammed with his truck and trailer right into my side. And at that point, I closed my eyes. I'm not sure 100% what happened after that, but we were hit again on my husband's side, even harder that time. And by the time I opened my eyes again, then we were. On the side of the road, I was holding the driver's side mirror, it was splattered in blood. My husband's window was completely blown out, all the airbags had deployed, and it was pretty terrifying. Um, I could see that my husband was conscious. I was so so terrified to look in the back seat because I just didn't know what I was gonna find. But thankfully, my girls were okay, they were. Conscious and they weren't bleeding, no broken bones, but they were incredibly upset. Obviously, it was pretty scary. So, thankfully, a police officer was already on the scene because he was helping someone change a tire a little ways up. And thankfully, the accident happened where it did, and we didn't, you know, run into that police officer who was out of his vehicle helping someone else change a tire. So that was a blessing, but the police got there really, really quickly. Um, And then the ambulance came quickly and the firefighters came quickly. They had to cut us out of the car. We couldn't get out the doors. I mean, the the car, the vehicle is totaled. It's complete loss. Um, But it was scary and we feel super lucky and very grateful that we walked away with a very very minimal damage to us the van's gone but we are okay my husband had to get some stitches there was glass in his arm and in his feet and we all went to the hospital and we got checked out everybody's okay doing great we're still a little shaken up because it was a terrifying terrifying experience But I was so, so thankful for all the people who were there who were so, I mean, helpful. I know that that was their job to help people, but I was still incredibly thankful for them. Like they were just so caring and thoughtful and considerate. We had like the firefighters, they were so helpful. And the paramedics and the police officers who were on the scene, they were all answering my questions and being so sweet with my girls, trying to comfort them, make them feel better. We had some friends who gave us a ride, who brought us dinner at the emergency room, let us borrow their car for a few days while we were looking for a new one. Um, Everyone at the emergency room was so sweet and helpful and kind, and I just appreciated it so much. While we were in the emergency room, then my daughter asked me why. She said, why did this happen? And I didn't know what to say to her. I said, I don't know does there need to be a reason? And she said, everything happens for a reason. And I, I don't know if I agree with that a hundred percent. I didn't tell her that, but, um, but I wasn't sure how to answer her. And I just told her that I didn't know if there was a reason, a specific reason that that happened, but that I did know that it really had made me thankful. And it had made me feel so thankful for our safety, for our family. And I have walked away from this experience, feeling incredibly, incredibly grateful. And I'm so thankful and grateful for you and for your patience waiting for this episode. But I'm also so thankful for everyone who has checked in and sent messages to see how we're doing. Um, we're doing great. We shouldn't have walked away with as little damage to our bodies as we did. And I'm feeling so grateful for that because it could have been much, much worse. So we're feeling thankful today and we're all healing up. I think emotionally it's going to take us a little longer to get there, but we'll get there. So thank you for checking in on us. Thank you for caring. I really appreciate it. Okay, I need a quick break to pull myself together. When we come back, we're going to talk about Once Upon a Time Indiana Jones Adventure Part 2. <music> Are you visiting Disneyland during Halloween time? You need to join my Halloween workshop over on my Instagram. I am doing two lives where I am talking about everything you need to know about Halloween time. I'm talking about entertainment, I'm talking about decorations, characters in their costumes, the Oogie Boogie Bash, special dining, special Halloween food strategies, things like how do you navigate the Oogie Boogie Bash so you can maximize your time? What do you do if you are visiting Halloween time, but you're not going to the Oogie Boogie Bash, but happen to be visiting on an Oogie Boogie Bash party day? How can you maximize your time in that situation? So I'm going to be covering everything you need to know about visiting Disneyland during Halloween time. It's going to be very valuable and very worth your time. This is only for my subscribers over on Instagram. So being a subscriber is only 4 dollars a month. You can cancel at any time. So if you're visiting during Halloween time, go over, become a subscriber, and then you can cancel after Halloween time. But go and get this information. It'll cost you $5. It's very, very worth it because you're going to learn a lot. My first live is actually tonight on the day I'm recording this, and then I'm going to do another one next week. But it really doesn't matter if you watch them live, because I'm going to save them on my Instagram for subscribers section. So once you're a subscriber, you have access to all of my subscriber info, and you'll be able to click on those lives and watch them whenever you have time. And it's going to be super helpful for you. So I'm going to put a link in the show notes. You can go and click on that. Become a subscriber, even if it's just for Halloween time, so that you can understand what's happening at the Disneyland Resort. It's going to save you time, and it will be well worth your $5. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. Go and check that out, especially if you're visiting for Halloween time. Once upon a time, there was an incredible attraction at Disneyland called Indiana Jones Adventure. Welcome to part two. Before we get started, if you haven't listened to part one, go back and listen to that. It'll give you a little history and some things I want you to know before you hit part two. We're going to be talking about the queue and the attraction today. I'm really excited. This, so far, may be one of my most favorite episodes I've ever recorded. But before we head into the queue for Indiana Jones adventure, let's chat about the story behind this attraction. So it's 1935 and archeologist Indiana Jones has discovered an ancient Indian temple called the temple of the forbidden eye. This temple is dedicated to Mara, an Indian deity who will grant you eternal youth, visions of the future or unlimited wealth, but you can't look into its eyes. That's like the number one rule. And I was kind of thinking about which gift I'd like to get from Mara. I I don't know. Eternal youth would be nice, obviously. But then at some point, everyone I know and love would get old and die. And then I'd have to make new friends, find a new family. I'm not sure I want to do all that. So I think eternal youth is out for me. Visions of the future sound good at first, but I'm pretty sure I wouldn't want to know what the future holds. Of course, you can't go wrong with unlimited wealth. So I think I'd go with that option. And then I just move into Disneyland. It would be perfect. So what would you pick between all three of them? Eternal youth, visions of the future, or unlimited wealth? I don't know. You got to think about it. Anyway, Funding for this excavation has run out, and so Sala, who is Indiana's friend, has started giving tours of the temple to tourists so that they can raise money to continue with their project. So that's why we're there at the Temple of the Forbidden Eye. We are tourists who are there for an inside look at the temple, and everything should be fine as long as we don't look into the eyes of Mara. Unfortunately, we find out in one of the videos in the queue that some tourists went into the temple about a week ago and they haven't come back. So Indiana Jones went into the temple to rescue them, but no one has returned yet. Luckily, Sala is continuing with the tours, so we're going to get to venture inside the temple of the Forbidden Eye. Now let's jump into the queue so we can experience the temple. This queue is one of the very best at Disneyland. There is so much to look at and you're really immersed into the story and already feel like you're a part of it before you even set foot on the attraction itself. So when you enter the queue, you have two options. There's the standby line or the lightning lane and occasionally they offer single rider, but not very often. But we are going to head into the standby line because there's a couple things I want to mention in this portion of the line that guests who use the Lightning Lane don't get to see. So off to the side of the queue, you're going to notice a Mercedes-Benz truck. You'll also be able to see this truck as you're exiting the attraction once the ride is over. This vehicle was actually used in the filming of Raiders of the Lost Ark. If you look closely, you'll see a handlebar with a golf ball on the top, and this handle was used by the stuntmen in the filming. Disney had the engine removed so it doesn't actually run these days, But interesting fact, there are only six of these vehicles left in the whole world. You can actually get a really good view of the truck as you're exiting the queue. So if you use the Lightning Lane or you just like to see more of it, check it out as you're leaving the area. If you peek inside the back of the truck, you'll see a hanging oil lamp. Look closely because on the glass is an engraved hidden Mickey. In this section of the queue, you'll be walking through kind of a base camp outside the temple, and you'll see a generator that actually works. It's powering the lights inside the line portion of the temple. It's a pretty old generator, and you'll notice when you're in the temple that the lights dim, and then they get brighter again, and then they'll dim, kind of as you make your way through the queue. Of course, there is a backup generator, just in case this one fails. You wouldn't be plunged into darkness inside if it went out. Now once you reach the temple of the Forbidden Eye entrance, you'll merge with the lightning lane. So once you enter the temple, there's just one line. No more standby or lightning lane. But before you enter the temple, make sure you look up and to the right because there you'll see a sorcerer Mickey hat made out of stone. It's pretty cute. As you enter the temple, you'll see a mural of the deity Mara. We don't really know if Mara is a man or a woman. They're meant to be androgynous in their depiction. In this mural, right when you enter, people rush right by it. I feel like nobody looks at it at all, but look to your left, you'll see it, Mara is holding a bowl of treasure to represent untold riches, a jug that is pouring water to represent the Fountain of Youth, and they're wearing a necklace with a large all-seeing eye to represent visions of the future. There are 55 murals that depict the legend of Mara throughout the the attraction. Now notice that each time we see a depiction of Mara in the cave, to the temple, throughout the whole attraction, not the attraction, throughout the whole queue, and then they have their eyes closed or are wearing a blindfold. And this is to remind us not to look into the eyes of Mara. Soon we'll come to an obelisk. On it, you'll see giant snakes, spears, flames, and rats. Hmm. Could this be foreshadowing of what's to come? We'll have to wait and see. Now that we're inside the temple, you're going to notice lots of hieroglyphics. You can actually request a decoder key from a cast member at the entrance and use it to decode the messages written on the walls. The messages are mostly warnings reminding you not to look into the eyes of Mara. They say say things like, beware the eye of Mara and look not into the eye of Mara and you shall receive the gift of riches, eternal youth, or knowledge. Hidden among the glyphs are two glyphs that when you use the translator, just say MM, which of course stands for Mickey Mouse. So I guess you could say that it's sort of a hidden Mickey. Inside the queue alone, there are 1300 props. So there's a lot to look at as you make your way through the half mile queue. It's a long queue. If you go back to part one, it explains why it's so long. Soon after you walk into the temple, then you're going to head through a stretch with lots of bamboo poles, and certain parts of the ceiling are open to the sky. This section is called the Hall of Whispers. And apparently, you used to be able to hear names whispered as you walked along this corridor, but that doesn't happen anymore. And I don't have any memory of experiencing this, but I came across it while researching this episode, so I thought I would include it. And I wonder why they don't do it anymore. My guess is that it just didn't really work well, but I don't really know. After we go through the Hall of Whispers, we head into the Bat Cave area of the temple. There's a sign that says, warning, do not disturb the bats. If you notice, there's bat guano all over the walls. It's like dripping, not dripping. It's just, but it looks like it's dripping. I don't know how to describe it. Um, you'll hear bats chirping, squawk, squawking, chirping. What noise do bats make? I mean, I know the noise. It's like this high-pitched little squeaking. But what do you call that? I have no idea. But they're making their bat noises. <laughs> and in this area of the temple, there are over 168,000 square feet of hand-carved surfaces. Now, after the bat Cave section, you'll notice a giant wheel has been rolled to the side, kind of signifying that it's been rolled to the side so we can enter the next section of the temple. And on the wheel, there's hieroglyphics that read, The gates of doom are ever open. Next, we're going to go through a section with spikes on the sides and spikes coming out of the ceiling. And some of the spikes have skulls on the top. And this area is obviously full of booby traps, and we have to be super careful. We don't want to get squished by a spike. There used to be a bamboo pole in this section with a sign that said, caution, do not touch the pole. So obviously you have to touch the pole, right? And the pole would wobble around and sway. And back in the day, like way back in the day, then this would trigger like this loud crashing sound and the ceiling with the spikes would come down a few inches like it was closing in on you and it would make you feel like you were about to be crushed by these spikes and it was pretty exciting and probably the best part of the whole queue but sadly that section hasn't worked in years and the pole is usually gone these days too. I did see it there a few months ago, but on my last visit it was gone again. So I've heard that guests are just really rough with it and break it often and so that it's easier to just keep it gone, which makes me sad because it really was such a cool part of the queue. But next we're going to head into a section with a sign that says don't step on the diamond shaped stones. You'll notice diamond shapes on some of the stones on the floor and we're meant to think that if we step on them it will trigger booby traps, so we have to avoid them at all costs. Which of course means you're going to want to try to step on every single one. (laughs) The next room we come to is large and open. There's a painting depiction of Mara on the ceiling with their eyes closed, of course, and in the center is a well that is being excavated by archaeologists on the well cover is a tiny, hidden Mickey. It's really hard to find. So if you're stuck in this section for a while, take some time to look for it. There's also a rope hanging down into the well and a sign posted that says, caution, do not pull the rope, handling fragile artifacts. So of course, you must pull the rope. And when you do, you'll get a response from the archeologists below, It's one of my favorite parts of the attraction. If you happen to pull the rope and nothing happens, just wait two or three seconds and pull it again. Nothing still happens. Wait a few more seconds and pull it again. Then you'll get a response. As we head into the next room, you'll notice a big movie screen, and we watch a video where Sala explains what's happening with the Temple of the Forbidden Eye and instructs us, instructs us not to look into the Eye of Mara, and then he gives us some safety instructions about like putting on your seatbelt and storing our belongings properly, those kinds of things. This room has a couple of cool things I wanna point out. There is a hidden Mickey shadow on the wall on the right. It's a really large shadow that looks like a Mickey head. Underneath the movie screen, you'll see three stone tablets depicting the three gifts that Mara gives. And right as you're exiting this section, look behind you. And you'll see near the ceiling, there's a bunch of rafters with things stored up there. In that pile of stuff is an Eeyore parking sign from the old parking lot that used to be where the Indiana Jones attraction is now. Because it's really dark and shadowy up there, it's pretty hard to see. There's usually a cast member standing right there and they have a flashlight with them. So if you ask them nicely, they'll shine their light up into the rafters so you can take a peek at the Eeyore sign. Next, you're going to pass by a small office. There's some things I want to point out about this office. There's a crate in the ceiling of the office with the number 9906753 stamped on it. And guess what? That's the crate that is storing the Ark of the Covenant that Indiana Jones recovers in the Raiders of the Lost Ark film. So at the end of the movie, there's a scene where the Ark of the Covenant is being boxed into a crate with the number 9906753, and then they store it in this huge warehouse never to be seen again. Well, I don't know what happened. I guess Indiana Jones moved the Ark of the Covenant to his office in the Temple of the Forbidden Eye. I'm not sure, but there's a crate with the same number stamped on it. There's also a crate that's part of the office that says, Deliver to Club Obi-Wan. This is, of course, a nod to George Lucas, who created Indiana Jones and Star Wars. It's also a reference to the Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom film, where Indiana Jones goes into a club named Club Obi-Wan. Inside the office, there's a floor plan for the Temple of the Forbidden Eye, and there's even handwritten notes indicating where you should close your eyes. There are tons of things inside this office, things that you'd expect to find in an archaeologist's office. And rumor has it that the fan, maps, hand pump, and calendars that you see inside the office were all used in the Indiana Jones films. After that, you'll head up a ramp and then see a set of stairs. The line splits into two at the stairs, and pay attention to the line ahead of you. Make sure you select the shortest option, but make sure you keep your whole group together. Now, in a few minutes, you're going to head back down the stairs, and that's where you'll be loaded onto the ride vehicles. This is it. This is the moment that we've been waiting for. We're heading into the heart of the temple, the Forbidden Eye, to gain our reward. What a fun tour we get to go on. First, we'll enter the Hall of Promise where there's three doors in front of us and the doors used to actually move. And I remember that from when I was younger, but they are now stationary and you're always gonna go through the middle door. At that point, Mara is going to give us one of the three gifts. So pay close attention to what Mara is saying because they will tell you which gift you are receiving. And if you think the voice of Mara sounds familiar, you are correct. That is the voice of James Earl Jones. In 2013, the Hall of Promise got some new effects based on the gift that you're given. And Mara's voice was actually changed to Neil Patrick Harris's voice. But the voice change did not go over well with guests and it was quickly changed back to the voice of James Earl Jones. Okay, let's get back to our gift. So once your vehicle enters the Hall of Promise, Mara gives you a gift. The animation on the door and in the hall changes depending on the gift you're given. If the Fountain of Youth is chosen, the hall is illuminated in blue light, and Mara says, You have chosen wisely. This path leads to endless youth and beauty. If Earthly Riches is chosen for you, the Hall of Promise is illuminated in gold light, and Mara says, You seek the treasure of Mara. Gold and glitter is yours. If Mara chooses knowledge of the future for you, the Hall of Promise is covered in stars. And Mara says, you seek the future. I will lift the curtain of time. It is your destiny. After we enter the doorway, we go through a hall with these huge snakes on the sides and a giant statue of Mara. Now remember, we can keep the gift Mara has given us as long as we don't look into Mara's eyes. Well, spoiler alert, someone in your vehicle maybe you, looks into the eyes of the statue and ruins it completely for everyone. And Mara is understandably angry. I mean, they really ask such a small thing in exchange for such great gifts. And I don't know, I think maybe maybe they're justified in their anger. <laughs> but Mara is mad and decides to trap us in the temple forever And we make a sharp left turn and immediately see the gates of Doom. It looks like Doom is trying to get through. But luckily for us, Indiana Jones is there trying to close the gates and keep Doom at bay. We head farther into the temple and see a huge statue of Mara's head. The head is 45 feet tall and half of it kind of looks like a skeleton. It is shooting green lasers out of its eye and these lasers are trying to hit the vehicles. When the attraction first opened, the green rays would shoot upwards, causing actual rubble to fall to the ground, but the rubble wasn't rocks. It was dyed ice cubes, and I think that sounds amazing. Unfortunately, this feature was turned off because it had problems often and was difficult to maintain, but you can still hear the sound effect of falling rubble. So next time you hear that, just imagine like dyed ice falling to the ground, like little pebbles. So amazing. In order to get away from the shooting light beams, then we drive into the catacombs, which is this huge room filled with skeletons. And I did want to mention that there are more than 2,000 human skulls, all replicas, of course, on this attraction. Now, it is in this catacombs room that we see Mr. Bones. Well, You might be able to see Mr. Bones if you are very, very lucky. Mr. Bones is a skeleton that is wearing a Mickey Mouse hat. You can only see him if you look behind you quickly right after you enter this section. And in order to see him best, you need to be on the left side of the vehicle. It's very tricky, but it can be done. So as we're trying to get away from the Eye of Mara, our vehicle will stall a bit and our headlights go out. And when they come back on, the walls around us are covered in huge bugs and we're being blasted with air. I think I think maybe it's supposed to make us feel like bugs are flying around us. I'm not sure. But next we find ourselves in front of a bridge that goes right by the huge statue of Mara and over a pit of lava. Your vehicle will stall. On the bridge, and I actually got stuck at this point once, and we had to be evacuated from the ride. So, when we got stuck, we sat on that bridge for about 15 minutes, and then cast members turned on the lights and announced that they would come and get us as soon as they could. And they finally got to us. It takes a while when you're getting evacuated off an attraction, but they had a little staircase on wheels that they wheeled up to the vehicle and they unlocked all our seatbelts, and we climbed out. And then we got to walk out of the attraction, and it was actually so amazing. I got to walk through the room full of bugs, and there's actual bugs stuck on the wall, but then they also have projection of bugs. So cool. We got to see the catacombs, and I saw Mr. Bones up close and personal, and it was so great. Do you know what was so interesting, though? The floor where the vehicles go on that section is sticky. So we couldn't walk on that part. I did by accident once or twice, but it's sticky. I don't know why. I just thought it was interesting. It was really great. I was so thrilled to be taken off of that attraction. So much fun. All right, back to the ride. So Mara is still shooting beams from its eyes and we are there on the bridge, not in a good place. So we got to get out of there. We make it across the bridge and then we find ourselves in a chamber filled with snakes. At this point, Indiana Jones, we can hear him say, snakes, you guys are on your own. There is a huge king cobra that's 100 feet long, and it lunges at us, but luckily we get away. There are actually 2,129 snakes on this attraction. So next we go behind the huge 45-foot statue of Mara and see have tons of skulls stacked up on the walls. I guess these are maybe skulls of all the people who looked into its eyes. I'm not sure. This is a great place to get a view of the bubbling lava up close. And at this point, there's a special effect that I really think is silly. I, it, I, I don't know why. It like annoys me every time I see it because we've had all these amazing things happen in the queue and there's all these amazing things happening on the attraction and then we see this weird projection of this skeleton thing and i'm not sure what it is like is it a ghost mara's ghost i don't know there's just this skeleton projection that we see and then it's gone and i don't I don't like it. I don't know. Every time I see it, I'm like, I just, I think it should be gone. I just think it would be better without it. It feels like it doesn't fit into me. That's okay. We see the weird skeleton projection. And then at this point, there used to be a dark section that had a projection of a rat running across a log. But then that stopped working. And for a really long time, there was just this short, dark section that really felt like something was broken and missing. And a cast member told me once that all along there was meant to be something in that section, but they ran out of funding and they just decided to do the wrap projection because it was cheap and then keep the rest dark. But when the ride was updated recently, then they added a new section. So now we have a projection that shows a passageway off to the left that's being destroyed and it's caving in on itself. So there's all this kind of like lightning looking stuff. So it's almost like Mara is destroying the temple behind us and we're just barely getting away. That's what it makes me think of. Next, we find ourselves in a long corridor with skeleton warriors who shoot blow darts at us and you can feel the darts whizzing by you and we barely make it out in one piece. Once we escape and head around the corner, then we see our hero, Indiana Jones. He is dangling in front of us on a rope and he wants us to let him in the car. He says, let me in, let me in. And then we see this huge boulder rolling towards us and Indiana Jones starts telling us to back up. This boulder is 16 feet in diameter. It's huge and it's rolling towards us. Now the special effects in this scene are amazing. And it was actually inspired by a car wash. So Indiana Jones tells us to back up and we feel like our vehicle is moving in reverse, but the vehicles that we are in are actually incapable of moving in reverse. It's actually the walls that are moving back and making us feel like we're moving backwards. So as the walls are moving backwards, then the boulder is rolling towards us, and it gives us this feeling that we are really backing up. Now, at the last second, we're able to drive down a hidden tunnel just below the boulder and escape certain death. Then in the last scene, we see Indiana Jones standing by the huge cracked boulder, and he says one of eight different phrases, I'm going to read them all for you. See if you recognize any of them. Number one, now stay out of trouble, will ya? Number two, you were good. You were very, very good. Number three, tourists. Why does it have to be tourists? Number four, next time you wear blindfolds, okay? Number five, that wasn't so bad, was it? Number six, next time you're on your own. Number seven, ugh. Now don't tell me that wasn't big fun. And number eight, not bad for tourists. Um, I really don't like the ugh. Now don't tell me that wasn't big fun. Every time I get that one, I feel a little annoyed again. Like, why did they put that in there? Some of the other ones are so good. Not bad for tourists. That's amazing. And tourists, why did it have to be tourists? So good. And then we have UG. Now don't tell me that wasn't big fun. I don't know. I don't like that one. <laughs> I like the one about tourists. I think that they're more clever and funny. Okay, and that is the end of the attraction. This ride has so many special effects like fire and wind and lighting and little rays of lasers and it's an amazing thrill ride but it's also got such a rich storytelling aspect. One last thing, as you are exiting the attraction, you'll find a mine cart. Once you get back outside, this is also a prop from Indiana Jones in the Temple of Doom. This prop wasn't used in the mine cart chase scene where they're like flying along down the mine caves, the mine the mine sh- route, routes, shoots, the mine tracks. I don't know what I'm trying to say. It wasn't one of those mine cars. It was just a prop from that scene. But now it has made its way over to Indiana Jones and the Temple of the Forbidden Eye. So that's kind of fun to check out. But what an amazing ride. It's no wonder it's so many people's very favorite. You really get the best of Disney storytelling and adventure all in one attraction. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I have a bunch of Once Upon a Time episodes that dive into the storytelling and hidden gems of different attractions all around the Disneyland Resort, and you should definitely check them out. Well, that's all for me today. I hope you have a wonderful day. Thank you for being here. I appreciate you. I will be back next week with something new. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk soon.